Don't you love it when God changes gears and you go with the gears? You know, every song, I, I, I sensed this was going to happen in the pre-service prayer, and then every song that these guys do was saying, it's acts, Greg, it's no longer what you were going to speak of. And <clears throat> I'll get to what I'm speaking of because it's essential. We understand that the first work of God is to believe. And if you haven't been with us, we've been looking at love or works without love are worthless. And so I was going to take us on a journey of well, what is the work that we are to be in and doing. So then every work that we do is not worthless, but has worth. But then God said, no, that's going to be next week. Uh, right now, I want to take you to Acts 16, verses 22 through to 34. And we're going to look at two men that found themselves in a situation because they lived for truth. They suffered because they lived for Jesus. That's the true type of suffering. True suffering is when you are a vehicle, a manifestation of truth, and those around you don't understand. It's not, there's a false suffering that we can live with. We can go, oh, I'm suffering for Jesus. He's, no, no, that's just false. That's just your humanity struggling with some things. These two men, and we're going to focus on some things because two men, through praise and prayer, rocked earth. Two men. And I've been calling us for three years to come to prayer, to be people of prayer and praise. Those two things rock earth. And I want to ask you this morning, are you a person of praise and prayer, prayer and praise? Because we're going to look at about 10 Ps that come forth out of two men that prayed and praised through suffering for living for truth. You see, it's so easy to make up excuses when things go wrong. But, 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 but. And when I felt the Holy Spirit, and I prayed this in pre-service prayer, that the Holy Spirit would shut every excuse that comes out of our mouth. Every past, present, future excuse would be bound in his name. It's so easy for us to make excuses. You don't understand God. You don't understand. You know, God understands all things. God went through all things that we wouldn't make excuses. There are no excuses in the kingdom. In fact, kingdom Sorry, excuses keep you out of kingdom life. These two men could have made every excuse under the sun, but their first response wasn't to go, but it was to prayer and praise. Why? Because they believed. They had something on the inside of them greater than their circumstance. They had a person, they had a knowledge through genuine believing in him, which is next week's message. But they had it in them, and it defined everything that was happening to them. I wonder if the life in you is greater than the life that's happening around you. Is the person in you greater than every trial, tribulation, circumstance, pain, suffering you face in your life? Is the one in you greater than that? Because it needs to be. It needs to be if you're going to demonstrate what they're able to demonstrate, which is not because they're special, it's because they believe. So let's go there, eh? Paul and Silas imprisoned. Verse 22, Acts 16, 22. 
the crowd rose up together against them. <laughs> a crowd, there's only two of them. Crowd mentality don't like men and women of truth. People who follow the crowd get challenged when people of truth, disciples, turn up. Don't be a crowd follower. Don't have a crowd mentality. Jesus looked at the crowd and said, I discern your heart. If you want to come follow me and be a disciple, here's the standard. Hate everybody else, love me more. That's an apostolic standard that humanity can't reach without power. Resurrected power within. This is what rocked this jail. Crowd rose up together against them, and the chief magistrates tore their robes off them and proceeded to order them to be beaten with rods. When they had struck them with many blows, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to guard them securely. And he, having received such a command, threw them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. It's not a good day, is it? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Whack. Come here. Whack, 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 whack. Mm, 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 mm. Now throw them in the prison cell. What for? Standing up for love. How do you respond when he asks you to stand up for love? What's your innate response when people offend you? In the smallest of things. Someone nicks your park at Pack and Save. Oh, I've been waiting here, sitting here, and they see me indicating. <laughs> what about when you're watching a football game? What comes forth? What is the emotion that comes forth? These guys are being beaten up for Jesus. They don't whinge. They don't whine. It says they start praying. You see, their innate response is to pray. Why? What causes a man or a woman's first response through this type of suffering to pray? Human strength? No. Human capacity? No. The one they know. Revealed in them and being revealed in them. The power of another life within them rose up in the face of the opposition. In the face of suffering, persecution, the resurrected power that they knew rose up. And the first thing out of their mouth is, praise the Lord. Oh, my soul, worship your holy name, not what's happening to me now. Do you know this is the way to life? You can praise and pray your way out of pain. But so often the pain takes us in another direction, calling focus all like this. You see, their focus is to look up. It's not to look inward. When they're going through stuff, it's not, how am I going to get myself out of the jail? It's just to pray and praise. Because they know the one of prayer and praise. They know the one they're praying to, do you? Not know about him, do you know him? He said to the woman at the well, you worship a God you don't know. Do you know it's possible to worship a God you don't know, but think you do? 
But the corresponding reality of life is do you have this life in you because of the knowledge of the one you hold so you actually have an alignment of oneness with the one. So when times aren't that great, out of you comes the Christ. You see, we've said this before, but when you squeeze the disciple, what comes out? One would hope. I've seen Christians get upset over the tiniest of things. I'm going, man, what happens when, the, when it really kicks off in your life? If we get upset because someone doesn't invite us to someone, or someone leaves us out of something, or someone makes a genuine mistake, do you know how many people I've seen in ministry get upset? Because someone makes a mistake of not communicating, and all hell breaks loose in someone's world, oh, and they create a reality that's not even real. Why? Because of the insecurity within them and the way they think because they attached things to the past and that must be the same as that. And all of a sudden this massive offense has been created from nothing. And it says make sure you don't come short of the grace of God so no root of bitterness gets in and you defile everyone else. But that doesn't seem to be present. But there's an opportunity for us to come into a life called Christ in us, the hope of glory. So when things don't go the way we want, for Jesus Christ, prayer and praise comes out. And the presence is attracted to prayer and praise. Do you hear that? His presence draws near to prayer and praise. And in his presence is power. To what? Just change things physically? Not just. Everything internally? How do you think Paul became Paul? Through coming to church services? No. Through coming to the end of his life. Being made aware of a reality that exists surrendering to it, and then being changed through power. We sung about it, resurrected power. My fear doesn't stand the chance when I stand in your love. Or does it? We guys, we can experience a fearless life. So they're in prison, they're being bashed, they've been locked, fastened, their feet in the stocks. Verse 25, but about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Two men, and there's a whole lot of other people in there, and they're taking note you know, when people watch you go through stuff and you don't act the way they would act, they pay attention to you. When something happens around you and there's loss in your life and you don't act the way they would act, they pay attention to you. Why are you happy? Why do you have a joy? Why are you singing when X, Y, and Z is happening? There is a company reshuffle here, and there's a chance we're losing our job. Why are you singing and praising to a God that you know that I don't know? What's that about? Can you talk to me? 
Because you're not acting like I am. What's that about? I had my mate come to me when we were both in similar situations, financial situations. When Danny was losing her job, he was losing his job. And yeah, money puts food on table, pays, doesn't it? So we're in this tension. He goes, bro, what is going on with you? I'm freaking out. You're not. Why? So you get an opportunity to share. He knows I'm a follower, but you get an opportunity to share about the deepness of the relationship with God. Not just he saved me from hell. You get to share about a joy and a comfort and a peace that guards the heart, the mind, and everything about that. You get to share about the reality of Christ, not the theory of Christ. And the reality of Christ, the true testimony of what Jesus is doing in you, stands up. And the world take account when they see a follower who actually gives testimony of a true reality and says, this is full, man, and you can have it too. You see, we are to be releasing the fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere we go. But to do that, you've got to know God. You have to believe and not just have a mental agreement with words on a page. You need to know the messenger before you know the message. It's the messenger that defines the message. The the messenger is religion, guidelines, rules. But the messenger defining the message brings life and power. And these men are in it right here. And they are praying and singing songs, praising prisoners that listen to them. And suddenly there came a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison house were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were unfastened. Presence, power comes to break off prison chains in your life. We are to be free, are we not? Not in any form of bondage, correct? We're not to be bound to anything or anyone. So through prayer and praise, presence and power frees you from you. The only reason we're bound is because we're not free from us. People go, I'm in process. I go, but where's your process start? In the brand new created life or in trying to keep a dead guy back to life? Too many followers are in process trying to re-energize a dead person. That's not process. You're supposed to be dead. You haven't realized you're dead yet. Stop trying to raise a dead guy out of the ground. You've got to die and start living in process to the brand new resurrected life in Christ. For my life is now in Christ. I was lost. I'm not lost being lost. I was lost. Now I'm found. And there's no middle point. It's not partially lost, partially found. I got found in 97. He found me. He wasn't lost. He found me. I didn't find God. He was there the whole time. And this creates such a conviction that you're found in prayer and praise. And it takes over. It takes over. And it starts to define Every trial, tribulation, circumstance, situation, everything you go through is an opportunity for God's presence and power to come and change you. But we don't tend to see it like that. Joel and Tash, you're not going to England. You're going there for him to change you, primarily. There will be other things you do, and it's awesome. You'll experience all these things, but primarily don't miss what he wants to do as to why he's taking you there. 
And it's the same for us. You know, we think, oh, it's about this. We think, no, it's not. It's about your own transformation. Everything he does, firstly, is to transform you on the inside. But we're not looking there. We're thinking about the thing he's taking us to because we don't have eyes to see it. A new job is to do a greater work in you, not for you to do the new job. Do the new job really well. Call him into that. But that's not the primary. Can you hear what I'm saying? Everything he does, because you have been chosen and called to be spotless and blameless before the foundation of the earth. We have to capture this. Everything is spiritual that's in an invisible realm that he wants manifested in a seen realm. That's what's happening here. These men are drawing on a knowledge, on a person that is within them, the unseen Christ, the eternal life. It's within them. They're drawing it from them. It turns up into the natural. There's a massive earthquake, and all the prisoners are like, what's this? It influences the earthly spheres, the room, the world shakes to release us from earth. That's what his power does. But where does it come through? Not in my human strength. Not in me trying to make it. You see, they don't turn to self. They turn to God. We tend to look for the answer in our ability. How am I going to fix this? How are we going to do this? How are we going to create the solution? No, it's get on your knees and start praying and praising. The Father rocks up and all of a sudden things start happening. And it's so simple. <laughs> the prison house was shaken, and immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's, everyone's chains were unfastened. Doesn't say how many people were there, but everyone's chains. There were 10,000 men praying. No, there were two. What did you say? One person prays who knows the Father knows who they are in the Father, who has a lifestyle of praise, especially when things aren't going well. Do you know pain is the greatest motivator for change? Pain propels you into presence like nothing else, if you will allow it. If you will allow it. That's a big if. Because so often we want to fix the pain straight away. Because pain hurts. Yep, it does. But God, through pain, can use pain to propel you into himself. Man, in 97, when I was in a world of pain, I harnessed that pain. I harnessed everything that in my emotions that were broken, that was hurting, the cloudiness, the fogginess, the darkness. And I screamed. I took the pain and it propelled me into presence. And then the presence heard the pain cry and came and Psalm 40 became my reality. I had no idea what Psalm 40 was. I didn't even read the Bible. But I now know Psalm 40. I heard your cry in a miry clay and I reached down into your world from my world. I shook heaven and your world was shaken, Greg. And an interaction happened with power and presence and you got lifted up out of the miry clay and set on a rock and I put a new song in your mouth. This is for every one of us. But it starts in prayer. And praise. And guys, in my experience, that is the least thing the church does. 
the least thing is prayer and the word. You ask, I ask people all the time, how much time? Where's your time spent? Bang, 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 bang. He is crying out to us. Will you come and pray as a family? Will you be found where you're supposed to be being found? Where's my disciples? I instruct it. It's not even an option, guys. We treat it like it's a smorgasbord. Oh, when I get round to it, but these men weren't getting round to it. These men had a substance within them when they were getting beaten up for Jesus Christ. They considered it an honor and a joy and a privilege for this. Who are they? Just men and women who are in love. In other parts of the scripture, it says that people went to their death and didn't want to be released from heaven. Uh, sorry, not heaven. Released from prison to get a better resurrection. The Bible says we are to be devoted to prayer. So here's these guys. The things are kicking off. When the jailer awoke and saw the prison, prison doors opened, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried out with a loud voice saying, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. If you're a prisoner in Rumataka, you've been in there for 20 years, and all of a sudden, everything bursts open, and you've got a chance of escape, wouldn't you leg it? If there's the entranceway, you've got no chance of getting out of prison. It's right in front of you. Wouldn't you think you'd be legging it? And everyone would leave the prison cell, but not here. They have an opportunity to leave, and they stay. See how the presence trumps the natural? See how power from outside of you trumps you? Held in the power of God. The very thing that's so natural in you that wants to run is held. It's like when they put the presence of the Ark of the Covenant on the cows that had just given birth. Try to take a child off a mother. Give it a go. A mom has just given birth to a child. Try and take the baby. Go on, see how you get on if mum doesn't manifest all over you. These two cows have just given birth to calves and they set the ark on these mothers. Their natural instinct would be to go back and not leave their calves. But the presence is so strong on the ark, it just directs them to where they're going. The presence of God, the power of God through prayer and praise will trump you. Have you been trumped by power? Or are you still trying to live? You can't live this Christian life without the power of God. It's impossible. It's impossible to live the Christian life without the power of God in you. That's why he said, here's the promise coming from heaven, go wait. What are they doing? They're praying. <laughs> They're praying. While they're waiting, and they're of one mind because something's coming because they believe the words of the one they were following who said the promise needs to come. So don't leave Jerusalem. 
Judea, Samaria. Don't leave anywhere until power comes upon you. These men have the power. It's that power that's rocking up that's in them. That's why they're able to respond the way they do and not think it's a bad day. This is a powerful position, isn't it? To live from. This is Christianity. This is not special. The challenge for the church is man has been building the church for so long that we've stripped all the supernatural aspect out of it. And we're left with this very humanized version of something that's not him. And it's reliant on our natural mindset, psychology, ability to understand this, which leaves us full of information, but with no power to live anything. Can anyone hear me? Apart from Mike. (laughs) This is what we've done. And we need to get back on our knees in prayer and ask the Father to forgive us for trying to do something that only He can do and surrender our lives to the true work of building the church. And when it does, this is what Christians start looking like. It's the impossible, possible life. You say, Greg, that's impossible. Yes, with you and me it is, but with God it's not. And here's all the scriptures to prove. Did this happen? Yes, it did. Were they special? No. They were like us, but they were empowered from above. Paul cries out, don't harm yourself. And he called for lights and rushed in and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. And after he brought them out, he said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Anyone run up to you lately and said, hey, how do I get saved? (laughs) Because of your prayer life? Because of your life, your praise? See, what we do is we coerce the environment, don't we? what would it just be like for people to run up to you because of the life you're in through prayer in your own time in the darkness at home praying for people praying for yourself praying for more life praising when no one's looking when they are looking you praise what would it like to be a freak tell me where the freak's at They gather in the rock on Courtney Courtney Place. Well, they might be down at Courtney Place. Just change the word. Tell me where the aliens are at. That's biblical. Freaks aren't. Alien is. Same thing. Where are those weird people, man, who relate? So they're not so weird they're locked in a cave, but they're different. Where are they? So he helped me. I'm aware of a reality now that is manifesting. His heart is being drawn, isn't he? The jailer converted. They said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. The work of God is to believe, to be fully convinced of who Jesus is. Not to mentally and verbally agree. Not to have an intellectual position that says, yes, I believe that's true, but I'm so overwhelmingly impacted, convicted, I'm fully convinced he is the Messiah. 
what does one's life look like that believes Jesus is the Messiah? What's another word for Messiah? Begins with L. O. R. D. Love him as Saviour. Don't touch that, 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 that. You see, what does it look like to believe he is the Messiah? Who do you say I am? Now you can answer that intellectually, like they did at the start. Come, we found the Messiah. Later on in the story, who is he? Oh, uh, hold on, you, you, at the start of John, you said he was the Messiah. Now you're asking who he is? Why? Because you have an intellectual agreement with who he is, but you don't really yet know who he is. So here, this man, this jailer, he's saying, believe in the Messiah. Believe, be fully convinced of what's happening right now through prayer and praise. I'm just going to come back to those two things. Prayer and praise, prayer and praise, praise and prayer, praise and prayer. Manifest the presence of God, the power of God comes, things get set free. People start going, what on earth is this? How do I get saved? When Peter gets up and preaches after he's baptized in power, what happens? 3,000 people get added. Why? Because his sermon was great? No, because the presence was in the city. The power turns up and 3,000 people respond to a word of God that's full of power because a man is full of power. But he wasn't back then, was he? He was full of self. And so he has to get crushed before the power comes. But then the power comes, and now look what he's able to do. Now he's quoting the scriptures he had no idea about before. Now somehow he knows them. Cracks me up. This is what God's showing me. Jesus says, Peter, do you not know it's written? What? And in the next breath, Peter's like, hey, guys, do you not know it's written? <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? He's got no idea. All of a sudden he has idea. He's being who Jesus was for him. He's being to everybody else. Why? Because power came, filled him, revelation came, knowledge came, declaration came. Wow. So here's this guy, and they spoke to him, the word of the Lord to him together, with all who were in his house. Do you know you need to know the word? It's not just words. Through prayer, praise, revelation comes, you be a one who is a voice who declares the word of the Lord. Not the words of the Lord, the word of the Lord which is power because the word is Jesus. And he took them that very hour of night and washed their wounds and immediately he was baptized, he and all his household. And he brought them into his house and set before them food and rejoiced greatly, having believed in God with his whole household. What a night. All in a night. <laughs> It's, it's past midnight. See what happens? You get smashed with the presence of God. You repent. You come into life. You've now got a new passion. It's past midnight. What's the time? It was midnight when they started singing. Okay? So he says, hey man, come into my house. Everyone wake up. Everyone wake up. I've got good news to tell you. It's about 1.30 in the morning. Go away, I'm sleeping. Wake up. 
And they all woke up and they all get saved. Why? Because one man gets impacted through two men who are praying and praising when they should have been maybe crying, whinging, moaning, but, but, but excuses. Lord, can't you see we're living for you? What's going on? We're living for you. We're getting pummeled. We're living for you. He says, yeah, that's what happened to me. What are you complaining about? This is what it means to be a follower of Jesus. You will be persecuted for sticking up. This is what the words say. Why are we asking questions that don't align with disciples? I hope someone's hearing the power of a life that's possible in Christ. It's very hard to believe something you don't have a reference for, isn't it? Would that be a fair statement? It's very hard to be fully convinced of something you don't even know is. Well, join the club. That's everybody. You're not special in the sense of, oh, I'm on my own. It's everybody. You see, man is so bound to the natural. The Western culture is so bound to the natural. If we can't see it, touch it, smell it, taste it, it's not real. Fair call? That's not how other cultures live. They're very aware of the spiritual realm. They're very aware of the demons. They're very aware of the invisible realm. But we're not because we're so westernized. We're so Greek. We're so in our mind. It's all mind. So if I can't fit it into here, it doesn't really exist. Or it does, but I'm not going to do anything about it because it's just wacky and weird. Anyone with me? But this tells me about a supernatural realm that exists where angels used to turn up regularly and have conversations with people. Hey, why are you looking for the living among the dead? Because you don't believe. Why aren't you praying and praising yet? Because you really don't believe. Why aren't we full on and going hard out for you? Because you really don't believe. You intellectually agree, you agree with everything's written, but it's intellectualized. You've psychologized this entire thing, and it's not a reality within you. See, why did they refuse to believe the woman when they said, we've seen the Lord? And they refused to believe. They mentally went, no, it's not true, but it's what he said. I'm coming back. No, they refused to believe. And they, they, they were the apostles. So then he sends them the guys from Emmaus. Okay, you don't believe that one. Believe these two. And they don't believe them either. Do you know what Jesus says to them? Let me read you. Why is it that Jesus needs to rock up in our world, literally, before we believe? Why don't we believe the word? Listen to this. This is straight after they've just refused to believe the woman and didn't believe the guys on the road to Emmaus. Afterward, he appeared to the eleven themselves as they were reclining at the table. And he reproached them for their unbelief and hardness of heart. It means he disapproved of them. Not them as people, but for their what? their unbelief and their hardness of heart because they had not believed those who had seen him after he had risen. Did not Jesus say, I'm going to die and rise again to them? So why is it when people have seen that reality, heard it, run to the people that they love and go, hey, he's risen. The people go, nah, 
whatever. Why? Well, he tells you, because of your hardness of unbelief in your hard heart. Literally, Jesus has to rock up in your world, eh? And you have to be shaken out of your world. Literally, he's got to come and knock on your door. This is my testimony. He had to come and knock on the door. And until you're brought into that supernatural reality, you're outside of it. And that's okay. But he sends people to declare reality for us. He says, get into prayer. Get into praise. That's where the presence is. That's where the power is. You want to see things happen in your life? Get on your knees. Start praying, praying, praying. You may have to be there by discipline. Get into discipline. Discipline's a great thing for you. Oh, but I, uh, but, but, see the excuses? But, 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 all the excuses. Hold the buts. No buts. No words that are negative. Hold the buts. Go, yes, Lord. That's a response. Yes, God. Why? Because he's Messiah, isn't he? See, worship is a lordship issue. Worship is not a singing a song issue. Worship is a lordship issue. It's a messiahship issue. The reason why many Christians aren't in life is because they're not under lordship. They're not prepared to let go of their will. They want to hold on to their will. They want to define their emotions. And they want to keep their minds. And so when he rocks up with a supernatural reality and says, hey, through prayer and praise, this can be you. You can live like this. What happens is the natural man comes up and says, no. And unbelief rises up out of us and we speak it, we hear it, we believe it, we think it. So we stay exactly the same. We get what we ask for and never realize it. And then the next day we wonder why we're not in life. He's going, well, let me take you back to yesterday. Oh, no, that wasn't me. Okay. And so here's two men in Christ with an ability to praise, pray, presence, power, purpose, passion, prisoners, prison gates, all burst open through a guy called Paul. How do I have for peas? <laughs> Paul and the capacity in Paul says to us, imitate me as I imitate the Christ. Was Jesus about prayer? Was he about praise? Was he about power? Was he about presence? Was he about passion? Did he have a purpose? Did he come to break all the prison cells in everybody's life? We've got an opportunity while we breathe to be these people. I hope you've heard today what he wanted to say. Father, I thank you. If I can have the music team, I just want to sing. Um, my fear doesn't stand a chance when I'm in your love. God, I thank you that you are building us, Lord. And I thank you for today. And I thank you your word goes forth like a hurricane. Father, and it goes forth with power to propel us into presence. I thank you that your word is full of life and vibrancy and color. And Lord, it it does, it cuts like it says it does, it challenges as our core, it tests our attitudes and our thoughts of our heart, Lord, and the intent of what we want to do. 
Thank you that your word does that. It shines a light to show things, to reveal things for the purpose of change and transformation. Because God, you died and rose again that we would have life and have it full. You died so we could be Paul and Silas. You died that we wouldn't have to grovel on the ground. You died that we wouldn't survive life. You died that we would thrive in life in you, God. You died that we would overcome. You died that we would be set free from everything demonic, everything fleshly, everything worldly. God, you died that we wouldn't struggle in life and find excuses for it through the words of your book. God, you say we're greater than John the Baptist now. You say you're on a new covenant. You said kingdom of God came to earth. Father, you tell us that he who believes in you from their innermost being flow rivers of living water. Father, you tell us you've washed us clean in your word. Father, you tell us we've been chosen and set apart before the foundations of the earth to be holy and blameless, chosen in you. Father, you define it all. Father, your word defines it all, God. So, Father, I'm asking, God, for myself and my brothers and sisters, Lord, that we would be found in prayer. We would come out and pray. Father, we would activate this thing through discipline, desire, delight, whatever it is, Father, whatever's in us. Father, we don't have passion. May we be found praying for passion. Help us, God. Father, help us. But, God, I pray we don't stay where we are. I pray we don't come up with excuse after excuse just to live a life that survives. Lord, you've called us to overcome death. You've called us to live above the earth. You've called us to reign with you and to reign in and through this life. God, you've called us for much more. You've called us for resurrected life. Father, you took dead people and you make them live, but live to a brand new standard. Let's stand. Holy Spirit, come and permeate every heart and mind. Holy Spirit, I ask you through through the Word today, as we leave here through the song, that you would permeate your presence and your power. It would cut, it would divide, it would separate, it would build, it would refresh, it would restore. God, you are the God who heals every broken heart. You release the captives to live and you declare your glory into the earth. I thank you that you don't give us what we deserve, Father. You give us mercy in times of our need, God. You love on us, you've given us power grace for us to live, Father, and to resurrect dead people to life. God, we worship You today. We thank You that You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We thank You that You are the Alpha, the Omega. I thank You that You are Lord of all. God, may we know You as Lord of all. May we live lives of Lordship and Messiahship in the name of Jesus Christ.